Time to buckle up for this bear down. I'm a part of the Coach Steve show. Zach, what's up? Yeah, it's good. I just uh, strapped in because uh, if anything you previewed to me before we're jumping on is going to happen, I have to be uh, very set and in a safe place in my chair. Um, yeah, but I, I am doing fine. Um, mostly in UFL mode right now, for any of your viewers that know, because that season's coming up. So, you know, been tracking my Bears stuff, but let's just say that my uh, – my spring football mo- cap, uh, usually outside of this camera shot, is on at the time. But I'm good. How are you doing, dude? Oh, I'm fantastic. Basketball's over. I start softball tomorrow. Uh, that's about it. Okay. Okay. But, you know, kind of like you, I did a good job of staying away from the Bears stuff because I knew once the, the Super Bowl ended, it was going to open up everything of... It's like we talked about. <laughs> right. A lot of this could be repeated, but some new stuff has come out where I watched it or read it, and I'm like, idiots, idiots, and then it keeps going, and I'm like, idiots, idiots, and I don't understand where it comes from, so I'm hoping you could clarify where it comes from, but yeah, it's been... Okay. <laughs> so, we're just going to... Well, first of all, how's the UFL look? It starts at the end of March. What does that look like? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's looking good. I, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm I'm very excited and uh, very uh, anticipatory about the entire thing. Um, eight teams that have the best of the best of the two leagues, so it's going to be great. Training camp, training camp just started this past Friday, so right now getting things already set up, getting uh, you know measurements and physicals done and all that, and they're going to hit the grindstone on the field next week. So all this stuff's going to be really fun. We're going to get a lot of clips, and uh, final cuts will come later on in March, and season starts on the 30th. And as you know, and I'll let other people know, I go to the, I've gone to the home opener for the USFL, or now this, for the last three years. I'll be going to Arlington, Texas this year to watch oh. Birmingham take on Arlington, a matchup of the two league championship, champions from the previous year, the USFL champion Birmingham, XFL champion Arlington, it's going to be a really fun game. Uh, down at Choctaw Stadium, the former Texas Rangers facility, they converted it to a football stadium back in 2020 when the XFL originally moved in, and they've been using it now kind of as the UFL's main facility ever since, uh, well, the XFL relaunched last year. So fun times. Yeah, everybody's practicing there, and, uh, you know, season's right around the corner. So you can clearly tell I am – I mean, yeah, I'm in Bears gear right now. It's because we haven't talked Bears in a minute. But, dude, I'm – I'm in like spring football, alternative football mind, like I usually am about this time. NFL, we got the draft coming up in April. I can wait till then. That's that's the next thing, but I, I got time. Yeah, I'm excited because they said football's over till August, and I was like, no, there'll actually be some football on. You know, it may it's, not be. It's never over. That's <laughs> the secret that no one wants to tell you. Even with the UFL, they got Canadian football, and if you want to go, there's actually a fun fact. The basically the uh, modern day reincarnation of the of the NFL Europe called the European League of Football. For anyone that doesn't know that, 
that exists. That plays in the summer. And actually, its championship game is usually around week one or two of the NFL season. So, yeah, football doesn't end. Just if no one knows that, your audience doesn't know, they should know. Football doesn't end. Professional football, it's a 365 gig anymore, 366 on leap years. We know damn well. It's a year-long job. And they play year-long. It's good stuff. It's a great time to be a football player and coach in this uh, world we live in. As long as the and, rock uh, suits avoid, up, I'm good. <laughs> it avoids distractions of uh, professional stuff like the NFL where the uh, Bears, I, like I, as you and I know, I, I need some off time mainly just from that, from those to talks these oh, days. This is a great way of, uh, relieving, of relieving some of that stress to go and enjoy something I need to support with my full heart. <laughs> I do with the Bears, but it's... It's a painful experience. And it's been bad. It's been bad, and we all knew it would be. We said this a million times. When it comes to the offseason, what are they going to do? Should they trade Justin Fields? Should they draft Caleb Williams? Should they just draft Caleb Williams and keep Justin Fields and not trade the pick? And are they going to screw it up? What's going on? Blah, 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 blah. And I've done a great job of staying away. Fantastic job. But all of a sudden, the past two weeks, it's been popping up. And I'm like, what the hell do I do? It's popping up. I'm seeing idiotic things. Uh-oh. And the things that just started to piss me off again just, just came up. And it was this video. I don't care if it gets flagged. I wonder if I can. <laughs> well, we're going we're gonna to see this, aren't we? It is, a guy did a video showing Caleb Williams on a play not throwing the ball to like four open receivers. And like mm. now people start talking about this is why you shouldn't draft him because he does this. I immediately commented on it saying, I've seen Justin Fields do this too. And then people are agreeing with me. People called me, you're a coach. Like, what do you know? And all that stuff starts to happen again all over Twitter. And I'm like, a part of me is like, I've seen, we've probably seen Tom Brady do it. We've probably seen Peyton Manning do it. So why? I'm, we'll get to if we should draft him or not, but this video just, I don't know why, pissed me I, off. I know exactly what video that is. And if it's the same, if it's the account that I am aware of, oh, well, it's a different account. Someone, a certain, uh, look, there are pro Justin Fields accounts all over Bears Twitter um, that are just all about Justin Fields. And Justin's a great I think in terms of a person, is a great person, what I can tell, and is very athletic, and there's a lot of Ohio State people that love him too. But if this is the same video that I am thinking it is, then I've seen this, and uh, well, I think it's a valid point. Just in person. case. I think it's a valid point to discuss between, hey, well, if he's if this guy's doing it, I mean, Justin, we know Justin does the, misses receivers too. Yeah, just We're in case. not having this conversation if this doesn't happen. I want to see this video. I'm, I'm sorry. You got stick. You got a wide open guy. You got to take him. Like You got to take him 20 out of 20 times on first and 10. And then what do you have up here? You have a stick with a basic and a hitch. There is no reason to be passing up this guy. Maybe you think they're going to jump it for some reason, but you're just jumping to conclusions. And then if you don't like it, what you're going to have to do in the NFL is you're going to have to progress back to your backside read. You need to go one to two on the basic. That's got to be your progression on this play with how they're getting it. You have a good pocket, slide subtly or up and hit this basic on the backside because you got a freaking huge play, but he creates his own pressure by going out to the right and... Then he fumbles trying to do too much. These are the things, in my opinion, that are red flags. They like, are mm. you fucking kidding me? So what I'm hearing is 
there is no good option because if that is the case and yeah that's the exact account that i knew this where right here from, is from this guy because these this account i mean it says right on the face it says justin fields fan club and the guy gets a lot of good tweet reactions and such from posting justin fields being an athletic freak we know he's an athletic freak no one's telling you that differently now to this video and then i'll let you go on your rant and i'll be basically playing therapist for a little bit because i knew this was coming um i mean that all you know what that makes me think we're screwed that, 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 we're screwed. all that does well, how does that improve justin stock because as you point out and i agree completely the the uh, the opposite the opposite answer is not oh well justin is the solution here's the truth that means we're effed either way we are screwed either way. You basically told us we have a we are either going to draft a quarterback who does similar things to the quarterback that we already have. So, hmm, that almost makes me say, and this is a dumb thing for me to say, that argument almost makes me look at this and go, "Oh, so you're telling me to pick up and sign Kirk Cousins then?" Because, oh, screw picking up the quarterback that does the exact same problems our quarterback does. Let's pick up the guy that actually hits reads. But then someone will say, you're nuts. That's dumb. We aren't going to overpay. Ryan Poles wouldn't do that. And I'm like, well, hey, you're telling me that, that's a, that both of these are dumb ideas. So uh, let's go for the one that's the certainty then? I mean, what do you want me to tell you? Like, that's, that's to me lunacy. Because that, I, I agree with you. That literally is saying... Well, we can't pick up the same thing we have, so let's keep the same thing we have. What? <laughs> well, I'm going to try to take a deep breath. I mean, th this is your time now. I will be here to, I know. For, for support. I have put my piece down on this. Oh, he's got paper, too. Well, I'm going to try to stay on a schedule of... Oh, I'm gonna make you, clips you, out so of you this. Made like, you made like a freaking manifesto of this. That, I, that's what the, that is right there. Well, it's it, over for people. I'm going to try to make clips out of this. So I got to go in order. Paper, okay. paper flip. <clears throat> I'm here for it. This is what I came in today knowing was not the paper, but I knew something was coming. I'm ready for it. This Time first is now. This first part is going to be two things. It's going we can discuss Justin Fields versus Caleb Williams. But let's talk about this first. First of all, that guy doesn't know what routes are. That's the first thing. He's an idiot. Ooh. He doesn't know. He knows the hitch. Or the stick. He doesn't know anything else. I don't know what, where, where he comes from. Two. So like you said, you're telling me you picked one play. I'm going to contradict myself a little bit, but you'll see me come back around. You picked one play where Caleb Williams did not hit a receiver. What happened before that? Are the receivers dropping the ball? Um, does he have happy feet? Has he been hit a couple times? This was against Washington who made it to the national title game. So when you pick a clip out of film... You can't trust it because what is the theme of the game? Was he hit? Did he start to get happy feet? Does the receivers drop the ball? Is he mentally not there? That's why film can lie but also tell you the truth. So when you pick a clip out like that, fine. Now, Justin Fields has done the exact same thing for his th – how long has he started? Two and a half years, three years, however long he started for the Bears. It's three. It's three. This three. Is, they we're going into year four, people. It's three now. Justin Fields has done this many times, many times where he does not hit the open receiver, takes off and runs, and he has also been hit and fumbled when he's trying to take off. He has done that before. So like you said, you're straight up telling me that we should not draft Caleb Williams because of one play because he does those red flags. This is a red flag. Okay, my red flag when Justin Fields played Northwestern and had three interceptions. That should be a red flag. Oh, when he played Indiana 
and could not almost defeat them without his defense. That should have been a red flag. That was my red flag game. That was the one that sounded the alarm right. I was having problems with it. It was that game in particular. So you want to talk about red flags, idiot guy with some weird microphone that's right up to his freaking face, sponsored by Sleeper? Shut the fuck up. You don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) And... I'm, I, I, was, I do not have time to do this. I have all the Bears film. I could easily pull it up and show how Justin Fields does not do the exact same thing in the NFL. If I had college film, I could show you probably a couple times where he did that. Oh, wait a minute. He did it against Northwestern. And guess what? They almost lost. And oh my gosh, he had first-round draft pick wide receivers. He had first-round draft pick offensive linemen. He had two running backs that averaged over 130 yards per game. Two. These are red flags. So these type of videos have been popping up, and it's been pissing me off because it doesn't make sense. And then, like, I'm glad you said that because it didn't make me think. So you're telling me to not draft this guy because if we draft him, we're just going to have the same person that we already have now. Okay, You might as well just pay Kirk Cousins with your cap space and just pick up Kurt. If we're talking about missing receivers, don't even talk about Justin. Just go pay Kurt. Just go into the draft, draft who you need, get Kirk Cousins, and just light it up. If that's all we're talking about, this car, that, that conversation, that video, if we're going to just go on the video, kills off both arguments then. Screw it. Trade back and then find someone else because apparently both your options right now, if you're just not going to trade back, suck is how I look at it. At least they can potentially suck. Now, the Fields crowd will tell you, well, it's year four. We got, you know, we got Shane, we got Shane Waldron coming in. That's going to change this whole thing. And credit, you know, he helped Geno Smith. But guys, (laughs) I give three years because generally the the rich Gannons of the world do not exist in mass. The people that go through the first several years and then make their way back all of a sudden in in a flick of the wrist don't exist. They don't exist on a regular basis. And... The closest thing that maybe might happen, maybe, is Baker Mayfield. But guess what? Justin has never put up numbers like Baker Mayfield to even justify me putting that conversation into this. I just find that hard. I, that's why I'm, that's, that tape just makes me say, screw it, just go pay Kurt. Just go pay Kurt. You might as well. You know, get Marvin Harrison. You know, basically make Marvin Harrison Jr. your new Justin Jefferson, along with a DJ Moore, along with a Cole Komet. Just give Kirk Cousins a great line and boom, let him sling it. You got the running backs. I mean, what what is wrong? Is it the money? Because if it's the money, well, <laughs> hang on a minute. I thought we got this big capital. Can't we spend the money? Like, am, am I crazy? Kurt's not that old. You can get a four-year deal out of him and get four great years and possibly compete easily for the NFC North championship, for the division. Like, am I nuts? That, that video basically makes me say, screw it, go use your cap space. You got a lot of money on your hands. Well, that's where it what, came... What, what's the argument that's wrong here? <laughs> but that's what it came down to is, should they trade Justin Fields or draft Caleb Williams or do something completely different? I, last year, if this was last year, that Caleb Williams, I would have said, maybe you consider drafting him. This year, watching him play, USC, I think, went seven and six, and the way his leadership showed, I say you don't draft him. I say you don't. You know what? Get McCarthy out of Michigan. I don't even care anymore. Get him out of there. I mean, shoot, man. That would be my alternative. If you want to do a quarterback, because to me, here's the other thing. You can't leave this draft without at least one QB. I'll give you that. Like, hell, you can do it that way, too. Pick up Kurt, 
slap McCarthy in the background as your future if you want to do it that way. Make it a shorter deal. I don't care. Just something. You have to have a QB to come out. But, like, dude, that video, I'm getting fired up now because it's kind of ridiculous. Um, and I actually, I'll let you chime in next on this because of uh, the deal. And I think you'll have a great counterpoint. It, it ties into your thing. So that play, it's from Washington, right? Yep. That's from the Washington game. Hmm. Interesting. Because one of the best games that Caleb Williams had last year was in that game against Washington. That man willed USC to the doorstep of a win against the second place team in the college championship, a team that had every piece pretty much locked down. That is cherry picking uh -huh. to its finest. That is a cherry pick if I ever saw it. And the fact is, you brought up another great point. I don't see any USC personnel that are skilled players going number one overall in the same draft coming up this year, do I? Nope. Nope. Do I? Because I don't. I don't enroll. I'm just, mm, man. I mean, I knew it was coming. But I knew what I was getting into today. Oh, yeah. But, man, we're at this point now where it's basically we're making videos that contradict our own arguments for and defending a certain quarterback. And we're just I mean, getting started. On. We're just getting started. I haven't even gotten to the big one yet. Come on. You thought that was the big one. I haven't even gotten yeah. to the big one yet. Should, you should call that. You should call that account the Kirk Cousins fan club because I'm telling you right now that our, his argument is basically go and sign Kirk Cousins right now and then sign him pace to put in with JJ McCarthy as like a back end. Yeah, just do that. Just go do that. Just pick those two up. Might as well. Might as well it, use the money on that because what. Just like you said, so what you're telling me is is that Caleb Williams needs these all-time wide receivers to look good because last year they had good receivers. This year they did not play up to par, and that's what they're going to say. They're going to say, well, he didn't have the receivers to do well and everything else. Justin Fields did this year. He had the weapons. Cole Komet, Cole Komet to me, became a top-five tight end from catching it. That, that was actually a smart move by Ryan Poles. I give him props for that for that contract extension. So. Right. Then you've got There's DJ... That. We were talking about the Bears last year. We Who was going to be the guy that they throw the ball up to? It was supposed to be Cole Komet. He, he obviously was up and down last year. It was supposed to be Darnell Mooney. Well, Darnell Mooney, to me, looks like a guy that should be a slot receiver because he's quick. He's going to put a linebacker on him. He's going to get open. We got DJ Moore. There's your guy. There's the guy. Then you have DJ Moore. Then you have Cole Komet. You have other speedy receivers that can play the slot and just run little short routes. Then you have your running back room. Now, I know they didn't get healthy as the year went on, but I'm talking about mm. I don't even care. Coming into the season. Then you had an offensive line that last year was ranked top 10. Actually, if you look at the rankings, we want to bitch and moan about them, but they were ranked pretty high. They were pretty good. It's not like they were bottom of the barrel like two years ago. No. Even, even 2022, they actually played. Like, you look at the stats back, they were like middle of the road. Like, later on, like that year. Like, I remember people complaining about the 2022 line, but even that they showed at the end of the year, it was middle of the road. And you're right, this year, I mean, they played pretty good too. Right. So you're telling me that we're going to draft – so, like, this has already made the decision then. If, if you're going to say those type of videos come out now, is Ryan Poles going to look at a loser like that guy and say that we're going to base the draft off of what this guy says? No. They have the film from that time that kid was in high school that we don't even have access to. So they're not going to make that decision. But if Bears Twitter – I haven't even gotten to the podcast guys. They're falling into it. Like, and I like oh, it. Boy. And well, hold on a second. Like, you know, uh, Justin Fields is more athletic and Caleb Williams does this and this and this. You know what then? Don't draft him. Don't draft him. 
You know what? Let's just restart. Let's restart. Get rid of Justin Fields. Don't draft Caleb Williams. Get a completely different quarterback. Get Kirk Cousins. I don't even care. Start J.J. That's McCarthy. What, I really don't that's care. What, that's what I'm saying. Like At this point, you're, the argument basically then leans into, to me, don't – I don't buy it. Like I said, don't stick with that. You know, unless you, unless Shane Waldron, you think is going to wave a magic wand and do a Geno Smith right off the bat, which again, Geno Smith falls into that rare category of a journeyman that fell into pro bowl status, like a rich Gannon, which doesn't happen often, mind you. I don't know. I'm just saying like, that's what we're talking about right now. And then, Then we made a big deal of him unfollowing Bears and NFL on Instagram. Then he hopped on that podcast and said, well, I did it because I need to get away from seeing that stuff. Okay, then mute the accounts. I don't know. I, I actually thought that was a G move for him because, I mean, wouldn't you do the same? Or am I wrong? Or am I, do I misread you on this? I mean, I, I, I thought it was smart of him. Like he, That's got to be his whole feed, right? Like just hearing people say, like, get rid of him, keep him, get rid of him, keep him. Maybe, know. maybe, but I also wrong. I was a little different on that. I see both sides. I see where he's being immature about it, and he's going to use that as leverage. Like, hey, I'm going to unfollow because we use social media as this big thing. Well, if they unfollow, that means yeah. he's done, and it means all of this. I didn't yeah. make a big deal out of that. Everybody else did around, and they're like, "What does this mean? Does this mean we know that he's done? Does this mean that we know this?" And I'm sitting there. It made me mad because it didn't make me mad. Like, it, this is something that doesn't make me mad. They blow it up out of proportion because ESPN and Fox have nothing else to talk about, so they're going to talk about this. The big one that I started to see is TV media personnel people and Twitter. If Justin Fields goes to another team, they are Super Bowl bound is what they're saying. Straight away. Mike Greenberg was one of the first ones. You put Justin Fields on the Steelers – I think they're a Super Bowl contender. And then it just trickled down, where now people are talking about it. I think RG3 said, this is going to change the NFL forever if they trade him or do whatever. This is the, one of the biggest things to ever happen. RG3 is an idiot. He is an idiot that's had too many concussions that is an idiot. I don't know how he has a job on TV. That's what I think. I think he just – I do not like RG3. I loved him as a player, loved him then. He got into TV. He goes with the narrative of whatever ESPN and Fox, mainly ESPN, tells him what to say, goes with it. Stephen A. Smith's of the world. Idiots. He's a clown. Like, all these people are just wanting him to be good so bad. Where do you come up with the idea that if you put him on another team, that they're going to the Super Bowl? If that was true, the Bears would have went to the Super Bowl this year. Well, I can already hear Twitter. Well, look at the offensive coordinator. Look at the players. Look at this. Like, he didn't have a chance. Shut up. What makes you think number one going to the Steelers makes him a Super Bowl contender? Well, what makes uh, yeah <laughs> putting him on Atlanta Falcons? What makes that a Super Bowl contender? This is not Tom Brady, where if you back then put Tom Brady on a team, you're talking Super Bowl because of what Tom Brady can do. Peyton Manning went to the Denver Broncos, Super Bowl before we knew Russell Wilson was going to suck. They put him on the Denver Broncos, and what was the first thought? Well, they're going to compete for playoffs and maybe try to get to the Super Bowl. You know, like, where does that aura come from? What has Justin Fields proven that he can do those things? They want it's, Justin. They wanted Justin Fields to be Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is not all the cream of the crop either. I really think Bears fandom wanted him to be Lamar Jackson or a Russell Wilson, a Russell Wilson that could throw the ball, make certain runs when he needs to. And I don't know where all that came from. Like, I pulled up stats. Like, Lamar Jackson, 
he has 15,000 passing yards. He only completes 64% of his passes. Justin Fields has 6,674 in three years. He completes 60%. Jalen Hurts has 11,000 passing yards. You want to bring up more stats? C.J. Stroud's better. Why is he better? In this year alone, 4,108 passing yards. That still is – that's one of the most – it is arguably the most – I would say the most insane rookie season I've ever seen in my lifetime is C.J. Stroud last season. He has almost – straight out like that. He almost has more – as much passing yards as Justin Fields does. Well, look at the offensive coordinator. Look at this. Shut up. The best players overcome those type of things all the time. All the time. But I don't know why we want him to be like Lamar Jackson either. Lamar Jackson's 2-4 and four in the postseason. Yeah, he, I mean, yeah. I, I, I think that they want the success. My, my thing with the, with the whole Jackson thing, look, a lot of, a lot of why the, any of the fan accounts or fans I talk to that love Justin, first off, the personality – is the guy is a very friend is very friendly and up for and forward person. I and I agree with that. Look, I think anyone that a fan can relate to, you're going to have people that are going to be fans of them. Like let's be frank, there were a lot of fans of Mitch Trubisky when Trubisky was around here that didn't want Mitch gone. Now people seem to forget about that, but Mitch was a very similar type of guy. He was for the team. He was a uh-huh. very friendly guy. I think the difference is is that Mitch, to a point, almost became like to the, for the team over-dependent, whereas Justin did later this year start kind of showing signs it was against, and he was formed for his own interests, but still tried to resist that because of pre- public pressure. Chicago is a very intense market for media. You know, we all remember the remember some of the comments about coaching earlier in the season that got him into hot water. But part of it's the personality. And I think just, look, everybody pulls up the same two things for Justin Fields. And it's why people gravitate, I see as well, to him. It's because he's fast. You, when he gets an open field, dude's quick as hell. And I get it. He's, I've seen these plays too. Dude is insanely fast. Okay? When he's in running and he's able to run, he's fast. However, A, teams have adjusted to running quarterbacks more so over the years. Still isn't perfect science, but people work on it. B, you can't always run. Eventually, you got to pass. It just doesn't work. Which leads to B. The other part why people love Justin Fields, and it's, again, just based on everything I've seen over the years, that cannon of an arm brings so much to the conversation. I still, it has been three years, Steve, and I still see people bring up film from that 2019 matchup between Clemson and Ohio State where he goes off on Clemson. And while I go, yes, that is impressive. That is an amazing feat. That was, well, even for this clip, it's been five years, uh-huh. four years as of last year. And so I go, yes, you're right. We know. And I tell people, we get it. He's got a can of an arm. This dude can sling it deep. Here's the truth. You can't always do that in the NFL. Nope. You have to do dump-offs and intermediate passing game. And while I will say he improved in the dump-off game last year, he definitely started to, Intermediate passes for him are still hit or miss. And that's a lot of NFL QB's bread and butter is intermediate. Tom Brady, for most of his career, up until his like second act with New England going into Tampa Bay, was a freaking middle-of-the-field, mid-game passer, bread-and-butter guy that would dink and dime you down the field and basically 
death by a thousand cuts you. Yep. He was smart like that. I have not seen that from Justin in three years. And I don't think the NFL has seen that from Justin. Now, people still go to those attributes of the, he's a great runner. He has the deep bomb. That's fine. But again, good defenses, they don't allow those explosive plays all the time. You eventually have to take what the defense gives you. Justin has not done that enough to where it justifies to me saying that he's going to be a guy that the Bears are going to lean on is getting him to the promised land. And the North is getting harder, man. Detroit's still going to be there. Green Bay, with the youngest roster in the NFL, smoked us, swept us this year with a quarterback that Bears fans said was a joke. Now, credit, the new arguments about freaking Matt LaFleur's a genius at OC, but guys, Jordan Love's good. Jordan Love knows how to pass to people. Yes, he underthrows sometimes, but the thing is, he does the stuff Justin Fields can't. Uh-huh. Which he takes the defense as things that they give to him, and he has been slinging it. If it wasn't for C.J. Stroud, we'd be talking about Jordan Love in his first true year starting more, and they still do. You tell me. Like The North just looks even harder. It just looks even harder. Minnesota is the only team we can compete with, I think, that we're like I feel guaranteed to go and finish at a better record because I don't think they're getting Kurt back. So, ugh. Well, it's that... the running and the deep ball passing, Steve. It's always been how they lean it. Those well, two and his personality. It's those three things, and I get it. But like, at some point, where do we talk about the actual balling of this? Well, you know, Mitch Trubisky stats: his first year at the Bears, two thousand one hundred ninety-three passing yards. Second year, three thousand two hundred twenty-three. Next year, three thousand one hundred thirty-eight. Next year, two thousand fifty-five. He played better than Justin Fields has when he was with the Bears. Now I know it's fallen off since. If you can't have better stats than Justin and then Mitch Trubisky, and, and and you can't do that, and that goes to mm-hmm. a great point. I even wrote it down on here. I have two other things because I started to see this. You have different like Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner has straight out come out and said that he doesn't think Justin Fields has come out and proved it enough. We get blinded by the fact that he is super athletic. I have never once came out a podcast or done one by myself that said that he is not an athletic person. I've never once said he's a bad person. I'm talking about playing the quarterback position that gets you into the playoffs and try to compete for at least an NFC title. Forget the whole Super Bowl thing. We got to at least try to get to the NFC title game. We haven't been there since 2018 with Mitch Trubisky, mind you. Like, you haven't done it since. Stop being blinded that he is super athletic. We get blinded by... When you're making food and you get a little flash in the pan and it excites you and you're like jumping up, like, oh my God. When, yeah. when he breaks away a 60-yard run for a touchdown, that's the flash. We're like, oh my God, did you see that? He made a super athletic play. Oh my God. Cool. I love that because that puts defenses on their toes. Mm-hmm. But guess what? Are we looking to just kind of compete? You know who else does that? Lamar Jackson. Then what happens to Lamar Jackson in the playoffs? That flash in the pan is gone. He might do something, but they're like, hey, you have to beat us in the game that you struggle at the most. That's what a defense is going to do to you when you get in the playoffs. You know who does that to us very well? The NFC North. Why does the NFC North do that to us so well? Because we play them twice. When you play a team just once, they're worried about other stuff. You know, They're worried about this. They're worried about this. So sometimes they're not always going to stop you. But you cannot live and die by... Him just taking off and running. Oh, well, the pocket broke down, Steve. He had to run. Bullshit. Sometimes it does. Sometimes he forces it upon himself. Why can't a defense just cover up our receivers good? Why does it always have to be 
it's the offensive line's fault. What if the defense just covered everybody up and Justin Fields had to take off? I love that, where if it's first and 10 and he it, he's back there for five seconds, gets three yards, love that. But we cannot sit here and say just because he's athletic means he's a good, quote-unquote, quarterback. That You can't say that. Well, look at Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is the one argument you can make where he has a ton of athletes around him. But they do not always run him. They do a little bit. They want him to pass. They want him to dink and dunk. That's kind of where they want him to go. But guess what? That's not his strength either. So when the defense says, hey, we're going to live and die by you dinking and dunking, they're going to live and die by that. And that's what yeah, they Hurt, do with – Hertz's stock took a massive hit last year too. Oh. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, credit. He's not as much a runner as Fields, but it, it certainly did not help help his case. I mean, on the Justin Fields discussion, like, I don't know. I Look – I, I want my guy to bail out of the pocket when it makes sense. You know, my thing is though, when it, it, it when it gets down to it, good defenses don't, and, and we saw this last year. You know, good teams don't allow that stuff to happen. You know, that, that's just what it is. You know, and I, it's funny. I think a lot of us overreact to like we play this like lower level opponent. You know, and we either beat them up really good or we beat them close, and we go, oh my god, this is it. But then we play someone like a Green Bay or like a, or Kansas City or something, and obvious flaws get exposed and it's because why it's because it's good coaching it's obviously adjusting to what the personnel is you know Uh i just you know it feels like very feast or famine and i mean i've been dealing with this for several years you have too where it's just like i get it we're desperate as a fan base we're just desperate to get back to a consistently high level again you know 2018 set such high expectations and then became such a downer and it's been this like roller coaster of trying to grab that emotion and just hang on tight and the truth is that's not how it works we just aren't there you know matt Nagy and company it didn't work out matt eberflus okay defense has been improving i think steadily year over year part of it's because he took over the reins and just said enough's enough and issues in the bears organization with uh williams but that being said like i just haven't seen it Uh -uh. you know and nor have i seen it at the spot that matters most we let go of mitch because while he showed flashes and it's amazing how similar to me this is more that we get into this now you're deja vu isn't it while he showed flashes of brilliance and again people seem to forget this with mitch trubisky it's kind of surprising but while we show flashes of brilliance it's not elite flashes of brilliance and it's not consistent flashes of brilliance they come in batches you get a good game you get a bad game you get a good half you get a bad half you get a good quarter you get a bad quarter jekyll and hyde Yes. We've had two straight quarterbacks that are Jekyll and Hyde quarterbacks. Yes. And I don't get how we continually are like, well, no, no, just hang on. Just give them more time. We've done it with both. People, again, it's amazing how short-term memory some people are between these two. But we've done the same thing. Hold on tight. He's going to get it. He's going to get it. Sorry. It's been three, going on year four. It's been three years. It's over, guys. It's over to me. Like, let him go out and explore his own way and see if it works out. Mitch, it didn't work out in Pittsburgh. Now, credit, you can talk about Pittsburgh wherever you want. You can talk about Matt Canna or whatever the hell that is if you want. But truth is, didn't work out. But he was given a second chance, you know, went to Buffalo for a spell to get himself right, and then went to Pittsburgh and it didn't work out. Now it's time. I think for Justin, it's time. And I'll tell you what, you know, want to double check. Anything new with these rumors? Well, Albert Breer is saying that there is a lot of uh, push by the Bears to get a trade done during the Combine. They, they want apparently to move on and start focusing on evaluations sooner rather than later is what it sounds like. And the combine is kind of that perfect place to do it because 
pretty much most of the big personnel that are personnel guys are going to be in Indianapolis starting next week on Monday. Well, actually tomorrow as of we're doing this. So yeah, kind of, kind of important to start laying down the groundwork. He says, uh, and this is Steelers now reporting it from SI that the bare bones that the bones of this are being laid out. It's going to come down to price and how they view it, but it can go anywhere from a first round draft pick. Some people think to a day three pick. So either way, you know, there's a lot of rumors saying that they're trying to get this done. And I mean, does that not tell you the story that we're also talking the same thing that, sorry, it's been three years, you know, it's It's, year four. We're getting a new OC time to pull in the reins here, you know? Right. Cause we talked about when they hire a new OC, this kind of tells us, and I think I told you if they hire the guy from Seattle, it's going to go either way. That's going to be the one where I don't know which way it's going to go. I have no idea. And they're saying the right things. He's not going to, they're not going to come out and say they're getting rid of him. They're not going to come out and say this. They're going to move like, they're saying the right things. But if we did not see incredible jumps each and every year, if it's exactly the same, it is either time to move on or you just keep them and say, we know what we have. Just see what happens now. The Bears are in a unique situation because if Caleb Williams is actually the best person to draft and you don't draft him and you don't trade fields and you just draft completely different, the Bears fandoms going to have their pitchforks out and say what some 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 are going to be super happy that you're keeping fields but then others are going to say well wait a minute you got wait you're not drafting Caleb Williams who's the best player in there oh well, you didn't even trade and get something for it that's what's about to happen they're in a lose lose win win situation because they could win by getting you're going to whatever you trade have for an angry contingent either way you're going to have an angry contingent doesn't matter you know we, we know we're stuck, but yeah, it's what it is. Now I'll tell you here. I actually want to hear your thoughts on this. I saw this come across, uh, on a few shows. First thing first in particular, talking about this, um, <sighs> draft Caleb, keep Justin. Yeah. You know what? At this point, do it, which is like, it's an option, but like, aren't we getting close to like possible, possible like fall off the rails moment at some point in the year in like a conch in like a hot seat year for Matt Eberflus at that point. Screw it. Screw it. You know what? If you can't figure out a good trade, you don't think Justin's the guy and you want to put pressure on him and say, you better figure it out right now. Draft both. I I don't even care at this point. If you only want to get, get Kirk cousins first. I do love that idea. Get two to three good years out of them and say, you know what? We have the pieces. The defense played better. Let's, let's get this done now. Because you have a new OC coming in. They're going to figure out the O-line situation. You've got receivers. If you could still somehow draft Marvin Harrison Jr. and add another piece to this, you're going to have pieces. Get Kirk Cousins in there that knows how to throw the ball. You're going to adapt your offense a little bit. It's going to be more what we need to see out of this instead of a spread option type thing that's not going to do well in the NFC North. Do it. But if you can't figure it out, I said that a long time ago to people, just draft him. Screw it. You know what? Maybe you draft Caleb Williams. Somebody really needs him. Then you can get more out of your draft. You draft him. Pull Kobe Bryant. They draft him. All of a sudden, the Lakers call and say, well, hold on a second. Like, we'll give you this now and this now. Like, just do that then. If you can't figure it out and and they're going to call your bluff, draft him. Then you know what? You got two quarterbacks and just say, you know what? Justin, you are – and we're going to have deja vu all over again. They drafted Justin Fields, and you had Mitch out there, and all of them are like, um, the moment you don't play well, or Andy Dalton. Hey, Andy Dalton, the moment you don't play well. There he goes, Andy Dalton, yes. 
here we go. We want Justin. We I, want, I know. or should I say, we want I, Caleb. We want I, Caleb. I saw. Here's the other part of that argument where it's draft Caleb and bring in Justin. Personally, I don't want anything with it. I'd rather do the Kirk Cousins, JJ McCarthy draft pick setup and like leave him back there and let JJ develop if you want. Because at least to me, JJ's got the IQ. He just needs the. He needs to sit. Is how I view him. He's raw. He's 21. Is how I see it. Let him sit. However, if I'm looking at like the Caleb Justin thing, and this, and you'll love this because I know you, uh, Nick Wright brought this point up, and I'm taking my headset off. It's, <laughs> hear me out. Hear me. Out. What uh, a fucking clown. Anyway. I, well, I know you don't like him, but here is his point. So Patrick Mahomes sat behind Alex Smith for his first year in the NFL. Now that was where I was like, oh, interesting. And they said, what if Justin Fields? And I went, well. See, that's where he lost me because I don't think if you're going to do that, a Justin at Fields is not like an Alex Smith mentor type is how I view it. He'll be a team player. It's not going to be Ben Roethlisberger and like, say, you know, Mason Rudolph levels of weird. <laughs> Maybe it will. I don't know. But, you know. but the thing is, is like that system brought up. I was like, I mean, you could pretend that's the case, but like, it's funny. The Kurt J.J. McCarthy setup to me makes more sense as if like, you're trying to sit someone and let them develop like that. Basically that set up to me, it, funny enough, it's actually kind of like uh, if you did like an Aaron Rodgers Jordan love, you give Kurt three years or something like that. You, Kurt knows what his time frame is. He can maybe go get another contract in his like late thirties. And then JJ's there. He's learning behind Kurt for three seasons. He's getting used to an NFL speed for three seasons. Shane Waldron, who hopefully is good at that point, doesn't leave. Maybe say you let go of Matt at the time. Personally, I don't think Matt stays stays too long. What do I know? I don't care for Matt Eberfuss. You know this. But say he's there. Say the coaching staff stays consistent enough. The OC's there in the staff. Three years of Kurt. Three years JJ. Kurt leaves. JJ gets slotted in. Boom. JJ McCarthy's NFL ready. Pull Jordan Love. That's my take i don't see that being like justin's like well i'm still learning this too so uh you and i we can learn together caleb let's yep. <laughs> let's learn together and like that's what i think of you know what right there. i would love this because jj mccarthy is ranked the fourth quarterback it's caleb williams drake may which i don't know why drake may is one of those top guys Jaden daniels yeah. is the top other top guy um pff ranks mccarthy at number 30 you know what? Screw everybody and just say, you know what? This guy has made it to the college football playoff. He's been there. He won a national championship. Bring him on. Kirk Cousins, you know what your time frame is. We're going to do more of a pro-style thing for you here. You've got a tight end that you could throw to. You've got DJ Moore. You've got this guy to throw to. We have a bunch of running backs in this room. J.J. McCarthy, you're going to learn from him because you both play similar positions. And J.J. McCarthy is actually athletic and get you that three-yard run out of bounds that I've seen him do many times from watching the Big Ten. Do it then. And you know what? He seems more like a leader than Caleb Williams. Crying to his mom. I mean, yeah, if you I want don't to talk like about that. personality, I feel like JJ fits a lot better for what Chicago needs. So you know you what? Know, Do not, that. Not saying Caleb can't become that, but I mean, uh, plenty he, of those detractors have talked about like what you're talking about right now. That I think, it, to me, I don't know how he's still number one. We're, we're, I mean, I, I, I don't get it. I, I don't understand why. Don't get it. And I feel that if the Bears get him, it's going to be all over again. 
we want him to be good right now. We want him to be this right now. You know, the Stephen A's of the world who average one point a game in college basketball, like this type of thing. I can't do it. I will literally probably drop my fandom. Like, I'm that close to just dropping it and just... I've been thinking about not having a team and just watching the games. Be like, I don't need to be a Bears fan. I'm I, just going to watch. I've thought about this same scenario just like you. What if I just become fan of football and I just critique everything or praise everything? doesn't matter my bias, you know, or team biases. I just like football. I'm, I'm considering it. Or I'm just considering... Being a bandwagon Lions fan and just sitting back and not having a full interest. Be like, if they lose, they lose. But, like, just watching them. You had to pull that one out. I get get it because I know you love Dan Campbell, but mm, I don't know. I don't know. Or do I pick a shit team and watch them try to rebuild and say, I'm going to be a fan of this team. Just root for the bottom barrel. Just do that. My friend did that with the hockey team in Las Vegas. As soon as they became a team, he was like, I'm going to be the first fan of them. And he has ever since. I should do that. I should just find a team that nobody's looking at and just say, I'm going to root for this team because I can't handle it no more. A team that nobody's looking at right now. And and we got to talk about media too because I can say the Jets, but the Jets, everyone's looking at the Jets these days. It doesn't matter how good they are team that nobody's looking indianapolis let's look at indianapolis kind of gotten some hype but they were like they were like talked about nothing in the playoff picture all last year that is a perfect it's right down the road i was gonna say in terms of like it's cheaper tickets probably cheaper tickets it's It's definitely cheaper tickets it's definitely cheaper tickets it's indoors knows it is then it's indoors how much well Oh, sorry, I thought you said 10. You meant indoor. Yes, it's indoor. It's uh, very climate controlled. They do retract the roof in the summertime. It's very nice when they open the roof. And maybe run into Pat McAfee. There's a shot. Studio, I I believe he still does shows and studio work down in Indianapolis. Oh, yeah, it's still there. He says he's never leaving. That's a good one. bad town. I mean... If you wanted a quiet one to go to, Indy is like one of the perfect ones to go to. I'll forgive them for beating the Bears in the Super Bowl. I will forgive them. Yeah. So, bring it to the next thing. This one's not so quite Justin Fields related. I saw a post, and then Kurt Warner put a big post out about it. And then a coach I've had on here before, um, he coached Jared Goff at Cal. He was a coach there. He coached him. Um, they were talking about the quarterback production and how it's gone down in the NFL compared to what we're used to seeing. And a part of it could be because we're entering this new era and we're having these super athletic quarterbacks, right? But to me, when I watch super athletic quarterbacks, it seems to be that the standard has been Patrick Mahomes because he is athletic. But the argument case could be that Justin Fields and Lamar Jackson are actually more athletic because of the moves they can make. I think Patrick Mahomes is good at running outside, getting you that extra couple yards because everybody's flying with their receivers. Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen are those guys that are going to run downhill, make shifty moves, and do those things. The argument became we're seeing horrible quarterback play in the NFL because the college coaches are not doing their job and not developing them to go play in the NFL. And I thought about this. It's not their job to do that in college. Maybe you do it if you know this guy's going to get drafted. Hi, maybe. But with the the college landscape, those college coaches are just as under as much pressure as those NFL guys to win because of name, image, and likeness, because of the transfer portal, 
because of how now the college football playoff has expanded. I don't agree with that take of it's the college coach's job to develop these guys into the NFL product because how many of those quarterbacks in college are actually going to go play in the NFL? It's very few and far between. Yeah, yeah. There's only 32 NFL teams. Each one's going to have two quarterbacks. So there are 64 quarterbacks. You might have a third one. Some have three, usually. There's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of colleges. It's not their job to develop them into this NFL. Like, they're trying to keep their job. They're trying to win. They're trying to do the best. That's why you look at a Justin Fields. In college, it's easier to adapt to what he want, to what he can do. He can run. He does have a decent arm. And when you're playing in college, you're playing teams that sometimes aren't going to have this elite safety, this elite corner, so you can make some of these throws. You can do RPO system because in college, linemen have three yards to get downfield, so the RPO game is a lot easier than the NFL. In NFL, they have a yard. So... We're seeing quarterback play change a little bit in the NFL, and they're blaming college. I could talk to you from a high school perspective. I want them to go play college football, but I have to be realistic. It's not our job to say you have to do absolutely everything that a college is going to do. I can use same terminology. You can get certain drills. But ultimately, it's up to that coach that gets them to get them to that spot, right? NFL, I think, is taking a step back to that because they have to win now because they're under an enormous amount of pressure. So this argument has become we're seeing quarterback play go down because of this. We're not seeing Tom Brady's of the world and Peyton Manning's of the world, even Russell Wilson's of the world, and they're blaming college systems. Stop blaming the college system. They're under just as much pressure as anybody else, especially when you're in the Power Five. Now that the, the Big 20... Like, having all of this go on, the SEC having this all go on, it's you can do some things to get them ready for the NFL. Like, hey, if you know this kid can probably play in the NFL, there's probably going to be certain things you're going to do that's, hey, this is how the NFL is going to do this. But ultimately, you're not going to change what you do. And that's another argument I've been seeing is that, well, Justin Fields is like this because of Ryan Day. And my argument was, what about C.J. Stroud, though? What about that? Uh... You know, and now the standard has been Patrick Mahomes. I'm sorry to tell you, Patrick Mahomes is not a running quarterback. He wasn't a running quarterback at Texas Tech. It's just not a thing. He Texas Tech, they ran the air raid with Cliff Kingsbury. He was throw, 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 and do all these things. Now he's NFL, same thing. He's able to practice these different things and do all this. He has great receivers around him. I'd be curious to see if you took Patrick Mahomes and put him on a different team without Andy Reid and all those receivers. But I don't like that argument that we're blaming college coaches saying, well, they're not good because that's not their job. That's your job. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll i tell you one thing. I think Tom Brady put it the best way. You know, Kurt's kind of brought it up in a way, too. I was like quarterbacks, you know, some of the rule changes that help defend them, he said, also kind of make it easier to have lesser standard for the play. You know, we're talking like, for example, he highlighted how throws over the middle QBs take a lot more reckless abandon towards the receivers more than ever uh-huh. in terms of saying, well, I'm just going to throw it in the middle because even if he gets hit, they're going to call a defenseless receiver penalty on it even more than they used to. Yep. You know, and so, yeah, the guy gets hit, but at least we get possibly that 15 yards or, you know, obviously 
you can take more chances downfield that way. PIs a lot more stringent than used to. I think it is. So a lot more of these like chuck up deep balls that kind of get those cheap, like 50 yard penalties or 40 yard, most likely, you know, it feels like that, like his talk on the rule set changes, I think was a good one. Now the college aspects, I think, yes, because I think could be an argument too, because college influences the NFL usually. It's uh-huh. usually the first place that you see NFL coaches and new blood come in and a lot of new per- new schemes and personnel come from college. But I do I think but to a combination of that does make an argument that I think that is a valid discussion is that you, quarterbacks can kind of just do a little bit more I would say less uh, mindful things, less uh-huh. uh, edu- less I guess high IQ plays more so these days. At least the ones that are like maybe wouldn't be as good as if they needed to be more mindful of certain things because rules are different or penalties won't matter in a certain situation. Calls aren't as tight as they used to be. Um, yeah, it's not a bad argument. I do think the over-the-middle thing was a great one Tom brought up because, I mean. That is a good point. Shoot, Kurt, Kurt knows best. Anquan Bolden, his broken jaw is a result of him throwing a ball like that against New, against the Jets back when he was with the Cardinals. And he'd be one of the first to talk on that point that that's a lot more defended than it used to be. You know, it's very simple. 10 years changes a lot of things in the NFL. Yeah. So I saw that and I said, you know, it's a good point, but I defend the college coaches and saying it's not a hundred percent their job. It's the Mm -hmm. NFL coaches job. And I've seen NFL coaches be lazy, I guess. And the fact that they don't want to spend time doing that, I'm not saying they don't, but they have way like, they're like they sleep at their office. Like I know they got a lot of stuff going on, but like you're getting paid good money just to coach and you've got to be able to figure it out. But it is also tough to coach a kid that's done something for three years or four years and then, then try to get them out of it. Yeah. But I think about from a high school perspective, like if I know this kid may not play college ball, you're not going to do a hundred percent everything that a college does because you don't have mm-hmm. the same time. You don't have the same athlete. And, you know, we do the best we can. Like, I I firmly believe in looking at college coaches, doing some of their drills, taking maybe some of how things they say and say, this is how it's going to happen. This is how a film room is going to work. But ultimately, we have to do what we have to do as well. So I didn't – Kurt Warner talked about it um, a little bit, saying that they're not getting taught the same things in college. Look at the read progressions. They're not getting taught the same things as, like, NFL guys do and everything else. And – you know, I, I don't know. That was just a, an interesting point that I saw. Yeah, I, I mean, grander discussion on the QBs. It's, a, it's that simple. You know, I I think we're just – the spot, the position, and players and how they operate, it, it continuously evolves. It's how it works. You know, and the college point, you know, and you're a coach, but I think this is very much simpler, simpler to explain just given how college programs are. Look – they're about it's about winning for them you know like whatever works is what's going to be what's asked of a player to do in that system you know it's why when we talk about quarterbacks and why we talk about like that position in particular it is so hard to evaluate from from college because of the fact that you know you come out of an offense and nfl offenses are different set up with how they want things done and the talent level is higher up and you know things have to be faster paced right out of the gate not to mention like you talked about nfl coaches they do whatever the hell they want they'll mix up you know 
they'll accept two different sets if they want or hybridize offenses even more so it's not just one set strict system spread offense is becoming more popular in the nfl but it still isn't the main thing in the nfl you know same thing with air with spread air raid you know it you name it it's it's not the de facto yet it is increasingly becoming i think more imposing on the nfl for offensive scheme but it's not the thing you know Uh so coaches and quarterbacks you know they try and adjust but like truth is defenses are still keeping ahead of the game and they always find a way to correct how an offensive mind from maybe college or how an offensive concept from college comes over and changes the game it's how it works that's why you have the best of the best go to the nfl because it's Uh the top league it's top place to play and it has the top athletes no questions asked so yeah we're, we're gonna see it happen i just hope that more on like tom's point and what kurt's talking about that like you know i get safety's part of the game and i get that we do have to be more mindful of some things but like i'm with those guys where i feel like certain items that the nfl changes like that do just make it where it's easier for some of that at that position to just say eh, it'll work out in the end and not think about it a little more not like put in the extra work to say oh yeah my receiver's gonna just eat garbage even if i do get that yardage or oh man i'm gonna yeah this in in a better in a better run game i'm not gonna just get away with a 40 yard cheap pi you know or something like that right it's coach tony franklin he coached uh jared golf at cal he has his own system and i've had him on the podcast before it's a long post it's super long um he said the idea that high school and college coaches' jobs is to prepare their quarterback for the NFL is incorrect. 99.8% of high school quarterbacks will ever play in the NFL. 98% of college quarterbacks will never take a snap in the NFL. So therefore, your game plans, teaching techniques, etc. based on the 1% would be incredibly selfish and self-defeating. The goal of a high school and college coach is for their quarterback and other players shouldn't be around the NFL. It's teaching life skills, making dramatic and continuing impact in their daily journey. Winning games by highlighting their best skill set, working to correct their flaws, and make certain that every player they coach understands and has experienced getting up after getting their ass whipped. And I thought that was a great point. Good quarterback coaches, offensive coordinators, head coaches adjust to their quarterback's talent as well as adjust to their talent. They adjust or around certain NFL old school schemes will never work in high school or in certain college programs because their talent doesn't allow it. Great coaches adjust scheme to fit their quarterback. It's long, but like he goes into yeah, super depth, yeah, damn. makes good points. He coach, he's coached quarterbacks for a very long time. He consults with high school coaches. Um, high school coaches become more creative with tempo, RPOs, and playing to their best athletes at the quarterback position, and the game has never been the same since, ever since that has happened, which is true. Um NFL and college viewership is the second highest ever in 2023. College football viewership went up 28% over the last five years. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, look at this. Like, he, it's just long. Um, I mean, that's a lot of points. I mean, I don't think I've seen many long X posts like that. That's like a Facebook post. Oh, yeah. He saw one. You know, I consider reaching out to him again to come on to talk about it, even though he'll put me in my place um, when it comes to this stuff because he's way smarter than I am. But I like this is where it got my brain moving and thinking. Kurt Warner put it out, but Kurt Warner just wants to have a discussion. Like that's all it was. Um, Kurt Warner responded to this. If I can get my mouse, because I'm an idiot. 
he responded to it saying, thanks for the post. I appreciate your thought. Um, I understand that not all high school and college players will play in the NFL or next level, but I still feel the coach's responsibility is to help prepare the ones that can. So that's kind of where I said, if you kind of know, maybe do okay. you adjust. Because Kurt Warner coaches. And he goes, as a coach, I have the responsibility of coaching to all my players and what their skill set and potential is for me. To do not is selfish, in my opinion. It's not just about winning for me. It's about coaching, and maybe I just see it differently. The schemes and stuff, we can have a long discussion about. I feel strongly about it because I coach high school guys, too. I always coach to the smartest players, not the opposite. And so I feel like you can make an argument for both. But coming from 14 years of experience of coaching high school, it is hard to sit there and say, like, oh, I'm going to coach this kid exactly like a college kid. Maybe you can adjust to that, you know, kind of, but that's still an up in the air thing. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, for example, I'll give you an example. Jimmy G was at Eastern Illinois his first two years. They were not good. They were like two and seven and everything else. Dino Babers gets there. He brings that Baylor style offense. Boom, boom, boom. His junior year just ranks it off. Going into his senior year, which. This is, you know, back way back when. It was his last year. They were talking about him being drafted into the NFL. I think for Dino Babers, it would have done a disservice to the whole team if he would have sat there and said, okay, this guy might go to the NFL. I have to tweak some of the offense. I've, that would have been a disservice to the whole team to say, okay, well, this is what we did last year. We, they obviously tweak things. Maybe you coach them a little bit differently. Maybe you teach them how to read things. But ultimately, to keep their jobs – you can't just sit there and all of a sudden tweak everything and change it when it just like, it, it's hard. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, they got to think about that too. You know, it, again, it's all about success coaches. I think yeah, John Madden said the, said this great um, in his document in there in the all Madden documentary that came out via Fox a few years back. Like, you know, coaches, you live and die every play. That's the thing. Your career uh-huh. lives and dies every play. So, you know, and maybe if like, I think in Kurt's sense, I think of him more as like, and I don't, I don't know if Kurt is he a head coach or is he doing like a coordinator position because, I think he's a coordinator you know, to, because to me, I think a coordinator is the better example there about where we're talking like you know you're wanting that because that's that's what they're setting them up. You know, head coaches in particular, look, you're just living and dying every play. You're trying to get success out of the entire team is how it goes, but you know. It's a tough job either way. Even coordinators, you know, you're put under the gun. High school, it's a little different, you know. Kind of comes down to the, I guess, the program and where what state you're in, if you're asking me. But, you know, I, I don't think that pressure relays very well once you get up to co- like high level college and then NFL level. You know, it's a bit different at that point. It's definitely more about hey, let's generate success on a regular basis. Let's, you know, get the people we need on a regular basis. You know, and especially for coordinators in college level, let's just get the guys that fit our system well, you know, because the program name, so like in Ohio State, for example, you know, they got Chip Kelly. Like, to me, Kelly has his own scheme that's worked uh-huh. well in college at Oregon. It worked for the most part decent at UCLA, but he got a really good deal to go go to Ohio State. He's going to run that system. And yep. I think a lot of it's going to be, hey, A, Ohio State gets arguably top five be- class in the country every year, so NFL teams instantly have to look at that program every year. B, it's Ohio freaking state. You're going to play at the top level, no matter what. So those guys are going to look good because they got into that system. and are going to look great. Now you evaluate, you know, the NFL teams, that's their job that you do right. that. 
you help set up. Hey, can I mold this guy? Is he close? You know, he's in the system. Is it close enough to ours or is it fit perfectly? That's where you get it at. I think once you get high level college, it's a complete different ball game than low level college school or high school. Just less pressure. It's less pressure. You know, there's a little more flexibility at that point. You right. Know? I'd rather be at like a ball state if I'm doing developing for someone that could push up to an NFL level than if I was at like an Ohio State or Michigan. Because I, I, I do want to get them up there, but I'm focused on getting championships and conference championships first. Right. Is my deal. Right. That's the difference. Yeah, just interesting. I wanted to end on a uh, less tempered note there. <laughs> so mellow it out, do like a do like a freaking cool down. But That's what it was. I was sense. starting to sweat there at the beginning, getting fired up. <laughs> I wanted to end it on a good good note there and so that's why i'll blame ryan day for joseph fields not being good is what i'll do <laughs> oh man <laughs> he's like oh sorry it wasn't cj stroud it's not it's a shame it just wasn't cj stroud guys that's all it was nope did we miss anything uh oh well duh we can't go leave the show without this because i told you about this quick thoughts on eddie jackson cody whitehair being like go Oh, Eddie Jackson. Kind of shocked about that one. Um, but I can see why. They're kind of mm-hmm. deciding to move on. Been there a while. Uh, he was injury prone a little bit there, wasn't he? He was a little... I understand yeah. that. Cody Whitehair, it was time to move on because who does everybody want to blame? Him. <laughs> for a lot of things. <laughs> a lot, Mostly him last year. Or uh, Lucas or Lucas Patrick. It's one of the two. It's like the main scapegoats last season. So... Um, Eddie Jackson, I'm more like shocked ish about because you could have kept him around. He could have been a leader. You rotate him, but you have to pay him and then they're about to have to pay other people. And so probably more of a money move, even though we have all this money, it is kind of a money move because they have a lot of decisions. Who do they pay? If they keep Justin Fields, he's going to come into a moment where do you pay him? Do you take that money and push it towards Kirk Cousins, that type of thing? Like, what do you want to do with all that money? Um, are you really saving it? Then the next year, go really deep into some. Like I don't know what they're doing, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm still indifferent. Yeah, I mean, to me, like I'm gonna miss Eddie. Um, but you know, it kind of, kind of felt like it was time for a change. You know, I thought that, you know, he's given great, he's given some great seasons. Injuries caught up to him a little bit at post 2018, but like, you know, no one's gonna forget his 2018 season. And, you know, I don't think anyone's going to forget some of the leadership he did bring to that position at safety. It's just, unfortunately, the contract he signed post-2018 year, um, he just didn't have enough to justify keeping it around. That's a lot of money for his safety in this Mm -hmm. league. And they needed the cap space to start kind of youthening up certain positions and possibly for other moves that they want. Because, again, they have a lot of cap this year. And yep. they're going to want to sign some guys and make some decisions on cap space. I think he was a definite choice. And Cody Whitehair, kind of similar vein, you know. Like I'm just thinking back to 2018. Both of those guys were crucial in their in those runs that year, in that run that season. Um, it's just performance fell off for both in ways. Whitehair specifically, unfortunately, it cratered this year. Yeah. Um, I personally thought, you know, I thought he did well. He started his career more in the guard position. He was. They tried to make him a center. Honestly, if he got the snaps down, 
I thought he was a good center, but he just can never get the snaps right. And unfortunately, his talent at the guard spot degraded to the point where it's just the money didn't make sense. So, right. you know, Bears got a lot of cap back from those two. Um, it's a shame because they put in a lot of good years. A lot of I think those are, you know, except for maybe last year with Whitehair, both were kind of, you know, fan guys that had respect for both of them. Uh, it didn't matter the play. And so, yeah, wishing the best for both. I, I think Eddie, will, Eddie, I definitely think will be a guy that gets picked up. You know, maybe like a like a haha Clinton Dix to Chicago deal, where it's like a one or two year thing, and they see where he goes. Uh, White hair. Um, I don't know if he'll be playing. I know I don't know if he'll be starting anywhere right away. He'll probably be, get on roster, but I don't think you see his name called unless an injury happens at the guard spot. It's just yeah. a little later in his career now, is all. Yeah, I don't think he'll start again. I think he'll be a backup mm-hmm. leadership in the locker room type of guy, kind of like at Detroit. You know, they keep some of those guys yeah. around and. You know, if if he does, you know, come in, he's going to have a lot of experience. Hopefully it's at a guard spot I think he is a better guard than he is a center. Um, yeah, just a bit. But, yeah, honestly, I I really thought he was going to work out at center. The snap he could just never get right. I'm serious. I thought he was going to be the guy. That's all. Just could never get the snap right. No, no, he could not. But then it does open the door for the Bears, who they're going to have at center. You know, I love Doug Kramer, but he's been injury prone. They haven't really put him in. Do they mm-hmm. give him a chance? You know, do they put Lucas Patrick at center, which God help us all if that goes there? <laughs> um, do they oh, draft wow. a center? Do they trade for a different center? Do they talk? Do they talk Kelsey out of retirement and say, "Hey, come on over with Kirk Cousins"? We're, you can come we here. Re- I mean, shoot, man, we got to value. We got to do an episode here in the future evaluating the free agent market because I haven't even looked terribly hard at the O and O line prospects. So we'll see. I know I know Bakhtiari's available, but Bakhtiari's injury prone. That's oh, the only downside to him. You know. Yeah. So I don't. The rest of the O line actually looks pretty decent. They're bringing a lot of it's, guys. It's just back. the interior. Yeah, that's, that's the part. Is. You had a young tackle. You had – they started to not be as healthy and as the season progressed. It seemed like the O-line and the running back room was the most unhealthiest position, I guess, mm. there. Um, and then on defense, we have a lot of young secondary guys. They can find a good guy in the draft. So to replace you know Jackson is going to be tough, but you have some young guys developing. You've got guys you can get in the draft – who knows what kind of trades they can make? Like all of this stuff's up in the air. It came down to age and money. Like they're looking at it, going, "Okay, what well, you guys have done this? You're getting a little bit older. We paid you all this money. We 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 have got to look at our quarterback position and money. We've got to look at this position and money. And again, we only people that know what they're doing are in that office, and that's why." Bears Twitter and these podcasts, they keep their businesses going by talking about it every single day. God bless them, but we can only speculate. We don't know. You never know. Thing is, though, that was a lot of cap they did save on those two. And uh, thing is, Ryan Poles, got to pick the right guys. That's all it's going to come down to, you know. We'll see. We'll see. You know, hey, maybe it does go to Kirk Cousins. I have no idea anymore. I don't. I just that would be fun. A little. I just wanted to spark the QB thing before we completely shot out of here. <laughs> that would be fun. I'm all for it. My, oh, man. Screw it. Well, Zach, thanks for being here. This is another part, Bear Down segment of the Coach Steve Show. Like and subscribe, all that good stuff. Uf, UFL will be here before we know it. Oh, uh, yeah. So thanks, guys, for watching or listening. We'll see you guys next time.